Welcome to the Michigan Out of Doors podcast. Since 1937, MUCC has been committed to conserve, protect, and enhance Michigan's natural resources and outdoor heritage. Now, here's your host, Mike Avery. Welcome once again to the Michigan Out of Doors podcast, a presentation of the good folks from MUCC, Michigan United Conservation Clubs, a group I'm a member of, a group that I support uh, their activities. I think they're doing a great job in supporting and promoting our uh, outdoor lifestyle and a history and tradition of the outdoor lifestyle here in the great state of Michigan. Nick Green is the Chief Information Officer of uh, Michigan United Conservation Clubs. He's an avid outdoorsman as well. As an example of that, right now we found him in the Grouse Woods, and he's taken a few moments out to talk with us on this edition of the podcast. Nick, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, Mike. Where, where do we find you exactly, Nick? I'm not looking for your honey hole, but what part of the state? <laughs> I'm in. I'm from Mesick, Michigan. Um, so I'm on the Manistee River, uh, east of, of Mesick, Michigan, and it's a lot of grouse and woodcock cover, so that's kind of what we're after this week. Oh, perfect, perfect. Uh, you are a hardcore upland bird hunter, aren't you, Nick? I am. I have two two bird dogs. Um, I have a German short-haired pointer and a small monster lander. Uh, and I spend a lot of time, a lot of people joke that those are my kids. Um, <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time and money on hunting them and getting them ready for hunting. And, and you know, every time you get to harvest a bird over them, it's kind of something special. And that's that's what it's come to be is it's not just a, it's not just out to try to, to harvest an animal. It's a walk behind my dog uh, when everything comes together and you get to take one. It's really a truly a special moment. Well, and we have some of the best upland bird hunting in grouse and woodcock uh, in the country. So we've got a great resource here. We do. We're, you know, a lot of people say we, we go back and forth, number one, two, with grouse hunters. Uh, certainly number one with woodcock, American woodcock hunters. Uh, number one, woodcock banding in the United States, uh, which is really special when you think about it. They're, they're a very neat bird. A lot of people sometimes turn their nose up on them because uh, they eat worms. So they kind of, people sometimes say they taste like liver. I really enjoy the taste of them, uh, but they're a fun bird to chase and they're great for young dogs. Uh, and, you know, you don't have to get, you know, I've seen woodcock as far south as, you know, almost the Ohio border, but even before flights start to happen because they're a migratory bird. So, you know, anywhere in Michigan where you have dense kind of, you know, dense um, underbrush or, or you got a little understory to protect them, you can sometimes find woodcock and they're, they're fun to chase and they're fun little critters to look at. Nick, I don't have a lot of experience with grouse and woodcock, but I did grow up hunting pheasants in southwest Michigan. What a what a tradition that used to be. Uh, of course, the heydays of the 50s and 60s, I didn't see that, but I saw some pretty good hunting in the 70s, and, and I feel like there's uh, there's some movements in Michigan to try to bring pheasants back. There is. So we have really two, you know, through the CRP lands, through the MRPI stuff, um, we have kind of that's one prong of it. So that's really the Pheasants Forever guys supporting wild habitat. Uh, and I have friends who chase and flush several hundred wild pheasants a year in the wow. farm area, central Michigan, um, which is good when you when you think about, you know, it's not like the glory days like we talk about, um, you know, the, the 50s and 60s, but it's certainly better than it has been the last two decades. Um, and then also we have uh, Ken Dalton, who is Mr. Pheasant, as people call him. He's, he's tried to kind of... <laughs> Start, yes, it's a very clever name. He's, he started this um, uh, Michigan Pheasant Hunter Initiative, and I think I got that right. Uh, there's that, and then there's a restoration initiative, and that's the other side of the prong. But 
Ken is really, really avid uh, about kind of a put-and-take thing. And when you think about the Dakotas, you know, that's what was done. That is what is done. Um, and this this would kind of be a put-and-take on state game area. Um, so that's something that he's a member of MECC. It's a grassroots, you know, whether you like it or not. He took the resolution to convention. It was voted on at convention in the past. Uh, so that's what we work on at MECC. And I think that'll be a pretty exciting project, especially for those guys who – who remember pheasant hunting when it was kind of good and coming off of that heyday, who have some mobility issues. You know, it's tough to get an older guy out in the the grouse woods with me. I mean, we're tracking an aspen. It's it's not easy walking. It's, you know, you can walk for, you can walk for two miles and finally a bird flushes 200 miles an hour. You never see. (laughs) Um, So the pheasant pheasant fields are a little different and they certainly have their challenges. Um, But I think that, you know, it's kind of trying to draw some of those guys back into pheasant hunting and, and keep them from going to places like North Dakota, like South Dakota, um, to chase birds. So we're excited about it. Um, I don't I don't know if it'll ever be what it was with pheasant hunting in Michigan, um, but certainly we, we look forward to trying to offer some more opportunities for everyone and get people interested in any kind of shooting sport or hunting that we can. This is the Michigan Out of Doors podcast, a presentation of MUCC Michigan United Conservation Clubs, the website MUCC.org, MUCC.org, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MUCC1937, and on Instagram at MUCC1937. We're talking with Nick Green, who is the Chief Information Officer of Michigan United Conservation Clubs. Uh, Nick, you talk about this uh, history of pheasant hunting here in Michigan. It makes me think about our, our outdoor history in general here of, uh, of hunting and fishing and shooting and trapping. That's our history here in Michigan. But I feel like these days, I don't know, Nick, I'm not going to say it's in, it's, we're in danger of losing it, but we have a lot of people now who are not participants in our outdoor lifestyle. And I feel like we have a responsibility to portray ourselves in a positive manner more than we ever have. Maybe it's because of social media. Maybe because it's because of the anti-hunters. I don't know. But I, I feel like there's more pressure on us now to do the right thing. Yeah, certainly. I mean, as we, you know, as we see baby boomers kind of start to, to die off or get older and quit hunting, um, you know, we're, we're losing this huge generation of hunters. And now you have the Gen Xers or, or, you know, the millennials getting into hunting or not getting into hunting. But as you said, with social media, everything is at the, at the tip of our fingers. Uh, pictures. So, you know, you know, I can remember pictures of my grandpa. You know, I don't know, it was in the 60s probably, and he's got a deer over the hood of his car. And that's what you start all smoking cigarettes. And, you know, that those were the pictures you used to see. And it's kind of what you're getting at and what you and I have talked about before. It's, it's very important of how we portray ourselves. And it's not always to the anti-hunters because you're not necessarily going to change the anti-hunters. Um, but it's to the people who are on the fence about hunting. Um, so, you know, we need to really elaborate the point that we are harvesting animals for food. We are eating the animals we harvest. We're not just out there, you know, shooting to kill everything. Uh, and oftentimes, some people are harvesting animals to donate to food banks, too. That's another important thing with Sportsmen for Hunger, um, you know, and deer, white-tailed deer. But, but, and I've heard you kind of go off on this, you know, I don't want to say tangent, but go off about, you know, putting a tongue back in a deer's mouth. That's, that's so important when you're taking a picture. And, you know, show the animal some respect. Try to wipe the blood off. Don't have a gut pile sitting right there next to you. And these are all things that, 
as we get more and more into where, you know, every part of my daily life is, is kind of cataloged because of social media, you know, it's, it's really easy for someone to get a look into who I am. And if all they see is blood and guts and, and dead animals and I'm not paying any respect to them and I'm not making it about my dog if I'm bird hunting or I'm not making it about the time I spent with my grandpa deer hunting, you know, it's, it really gets lost on these people and they kind of see us as bloodthirsty. Um, and, and that's, we need to try to change that. We need to be careful about how we're presenting ourselves as hunters. Nick, I was actually a little surprised the heat I got from some of my fellow hunters when I made comments like, look, can you, can you, clean, you clean up the blood a little bit? Can you put the deer's tongue back in the mouth? Um, they said, Avery, you're caving into the anti-hunters. We should be proud of this. When you kill an animal, there's going to be blood. Well, I, I, I get that, and you get that too, Nick, but it's it's not like the old days when we had when we had pictures we would pull out of our wallet and show our buddy and that's the only people who saw it now when we post a picture it's not just going out to our friends who are hunters anybody has access to that and as you say so eloquently there are more people out there these days who see our pictures than we realize and it is our responsibility not to sanitize the pictures not to take out all the blood but at least put our way of life in a positive manner uh, so we can continue down the road. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And, and you're showing that animal a little bit of respect. You're showing, you know, you know, show the scenery. One of the things I always get is, is tailgate pictures. And those kind of bother me. I'm guilty of them myself. Uh, and certainly a, a kid in a, in a back of a truck with their first deer, you know, that's a great picture. But, you know, put the deer in its natural scenery with some green. It makes a better picture, for one thing. Um, but we just need to be careful because... So many people, when you post on social media, can, can you know, they don't have their, their feeds public or private. People can scroll through and see all those pictures. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, we know that it's not the anti-hunting people that we're trying to affect. We're trying to affect the normal suburban family in Southeast Michigan who has never hunted, doesn't have any ties to hunting, that is kind of on the fence. Well, they don't care either way. They want to know that we're eating the animals, that we're treating these animals with respect. And in turn, they're not going to turn into those people who are anti-hunting or in those anti-hunting groups. So it's, it's very important how we portray ourselves and kind of how we, you know, make ourselves move into this, this age of social media where everything is, is just lightning quick. I mean, I, I post a picture and 5,000 people can see it within two hours. I mean, that's unreal. We've never been there before. Yeah. Yeah. And some folks would say, why do we care what that suburban housewife in southeast Michigan cares about us? But the reason we should care is she votes and her family votes and her friends vote. And that's really what we're concerned about. Not not just the social acceptance, which, of course, is important, but we need their support when they go into the voting place. We do. Um, You know, whether it's legislative issues we need their help on, um, there's lots of ways they can affect change. Um, Certainly who they're voting in, um, but but through the work that kind of I've, I haven't done with them, the Wildlife Council, but I followed them, I went to those meetings, um, and a lot of their work is in southeast Michigan and figuring out, you know, how you talk to people who don't know a lot about hunting. So a lot of people don't understand that the bulk of conservation in Michigan is funded by hunter dollars. And once you start talking to them about that and it starts to click, they they have a whole different opinion on hunting. Uh, so we need people like that to understand that hunting isn't just about going out and 
and shooting an animal. You know, there's so much more to it, whether it's funding conservation so that that next animal can live or or a whole bunch of them or, you know, kind of just the way we do things. It's very, very important that we we have those people on board with us because there could be some huge policy issues that, you know, we need we need someone who knows nothing about hunting and self-initiation to say, wait a minute, hunters are paying for conservation. Why, why would I want to be against them? I like seeing animals. I like using these trails to go bird watching. I like using them to hike on. A lot of these are funded by hunter dollars. You know, it, it's very important that we have them on board with us. You mentioned Michigan Wildlife Council. They're here for Generations Campaign. The research they have done has turned up some very, very interesting um, statistics. Um, but but I think we're starting to make some inroads. I think they're doing a great job in starting to get the word out that what we're doing is biologically sound and it's honorable and it's necessary. So I feel like maybe we're turning the corner, Nick, or am I just being overly optimistic? No, I mean, I think we and so much of their work, as, as I kind of alluded to, is in southeast Michigan. So they started with, uh, you know, the billboards that had the elk, and it was, you know, about how we have, we've had 100 years of elk this past year, um, and we've, we've preserved that species, and, and that was conservation. And then the, the new kind of wing or, or prong of that is now they have kind of these billboards or ads with a dollar bill, and half of it you know, kind of it's a gradient fades into an elk and, and it says paid for by hunter dollars. Oh, I haven't seen those. You know, and these are in those, yeah, those are, if they're not out, they're going to be out real soon in Southeast Michigan and around the state. But you know, it's, they have this kind of this, these methods that they're, they're moving through slowly. So you first get in with people, find out what they know about hunting and if they know anything. And then, you know, you would be really surprised at how many people don't understand how conservation is funded. And that's the ultimate goal is once you can tell them that this wildlife is here because of hunters, then then the difficulty of getting them on board or getting them to vote with us or, or vote with our candidates or call their representatives when we need help, it doesn't become so difficult once they realize that we aren't just bloodthirsty savages. You know, we're, we care about these species. We're, we're hunting them out of respect for them. And it's, you know, it's very important, and the Wildlife Council has done a really good job. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but they've made a lot of a lot of headway the last few years, and, and we're excited to see kind of what that whole outcome yields in even a decade, mm. you know, after we be able to have these conversations with people who really have no tie to hunting. Well, Nick, a lot of times people will ask me, you know, well, what can I do? How can I help the future of hunting? Well, number one, what you can do is get kids involved get women involved, get people who aren't involved, get them out, take them hunting or fishing or shooting. But on, a, on an even easier way of doing this is just be conscious of what you're posting online. We as hunters, we can help out our cause. Just be cognizant and conscious of what you're posting online. Yeah, it's it's just, <laughs> I can't say it enough. It's important. Um, and I remember those days when I first started hunting and I, you know, I'm old enough that we didn't have Facebook, even when I was hunting, um, and, and we didn't have smartphones and any of that stuff. And we took pictures with, you know, just a snap camera and went and got them developed. And I certainly still have those pictures, but it's nice to be able to have them on my phone too. Now. I just have to be careful about, you know, where those pictures are being put and what they look like. So, you know, I don't take a picture of any, every animal I harvest either. I take, I try to get some more of the special moments. You know, we, we went out, 
I took a, a guy out and he shot his first woodcock. Uh, so we, we made a very nice scenery. We took a picture of that. And that's a special moment he's always going to remember. And those are, you know, the kind of, the kind of, and then I tell a story with that picture too. It's not just me posting a picture of, of a guy with a, a dead woodcock. You know, it's, it's the story of how this is a new hunter and this is his first time hunting over bird dogs and he harvested a woodcock and, you know, hopefully this brings him into more upland or wing shooting or deer hunting. Um, so we, we can kind of weave those stories in with our pictures and that really helps tell a story. And certainly if you have youth, there's, you know, there's not many pictures with youth that I would disagree with, but it just, it makes it so much better if you can put the tongue in, wipe the blood off, you know, try not to do it on a tailgate if you can help it. And it just, those pictures they're going to have for decades and remember that and, you know, that (laughs) moment. And it's just, it's important. how we do this and how we think about it. Uh, I, Nick, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and, and we're starting to beat a dead horse here, but I, but I, I, I think about a kid's first deer. They're going to be looking at this picture for the next 40 years. Would you rather have them looking at this picture with the deer's tongue hanging out with blood on a tailgate or take a few minutes, put the tongue in, put them in a natural setting, put them up on their haunches, put the kid behind them, and take a nice, clean, uh, a respectful picture. It just seems like common sense. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer, and we're, we're starting to get there. I mean, and with, the, with smartphones, a lot of people have these crazy apps that have, like, the rule of thirds on them, and you can do some pretty cool things. So people are starting to get a little more artsy with their photographs. And when you start doing that, you see, especially in my generation, you start to see that blood and gut stuff kind of leave. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic that that's where we're going to get to uh, and get the word out that, you know, it's, it's not necessarily about anti-hunting people. They're going to feed off whatever they want. It's about those people who are on the fence that don't really know if they like hunting or not. Well, Nick, I appreciate you bringing it up because, as you know, you've listened to the radio show. You know it's a pet peeve of mine, and I harp on it all the time. So I'm, 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 I'm glad that you are uh, not necessarily agreeing with me, but you believe in the same uh, principle, the same idea that uh, so many of us do. So it's, it's something we can work toward. Speaking of working toward, what are you folks working on at MUCC right now? Anything interesting coming out of Lansing? Oh, we have lame duck legislation. Uh, stuff we're working on so as you know a lot of these are going to turn over uh in november a lot of seats a lot of positions you know we're going to have a new governor um so we're kind of working on that stuff uh dan and amy our executive director and deputy director are actually in the capitol today uh and i I feel a little bit bad that i'm sitting on the tailgate (laughs) but not too bad but but not real bad (laughs) bad. (laughs) especially when i text dan pictures of of the grouse i'm taking he's an avid bird hunter as well so he really enjoys getting those when he's at work. But, no, we're working on some legislative legislative stuff, um, trying to get that around. I'll get back, and I'll have the Winter Magazine. That'll be out December 1st. Um, we're starting to get into our OTG Junior now that school is back in session. Um, so that's a program where Sean McKeon, our education director, and Hunter Salisbury, our outreach coordinator, are you know taking a classroom of, of kids out and doing a habitat project and then teaching them an outdoor skill like shooting a bow. Um, you know, we've done, we've done lots of outdoor projects, but the main part of it is to build a habitat or improve a hunter access trail or, you know, really, really do some on-the-ground work. Uh, and that's kind of a shoot-off our, our on-the-ground program, on program that's meant for adults. But the junior program is no cost, so we 
you know, we fund the school buses. You know, it's essentially a field trip for the kids. We fund everything. We feed them lunch. Uh, we give them T-shirts or bandanas for the kids, T-shirts for adults. Uh, so it's really a great program. You know, Hunter is still still going crazy with on-the-ground projects. We will have those right up until, I think, snow flies, and then we'll have one or two probably throughout maybe winter uh, with kind of, you know, it depends on the month and what the weather is going to do. But she's been busy. Um, our cooperative coordinator has been crazy busy, obviously, with, with deer season coming up. So our cooperatives program impacts over 300,000 acres in southern Michigan, all private land. Uh, and we know that's vital to, to wildlife in southern Michigan because the bulk of it is private. Uh, so she, she helps with, you know, whether it's getting food out, food plots out or, or, you know, kind of deer surveys and browse surveys. And she's been very busy working with those cooperatives and kind of coming up with, with ways that we can kind of help entice people to get their deer checked for CWD. And, you know, there, there's lots that she does. Uh, speaking of CWD, you know, that's something everyone needs to be vigilant about. I don't care where you are in the state of Michigan. Uh, get your deer checked. It, you know, you can look up online on the DNR's website. I don't have a specific link, but it's very simple. Uh, and it, it'll have head drop stations. Uh, or you can take it in to get the lymph nodes taken out. Um, so even if you're not within that management zone, get your deer checked. Uh, you know, there's not, don't, don't stop hunting. People need to continue to hunt. Um but it's, it's very important to get your deer checked. And that's something that, as we've seen with other states, we're going to battle this for a while. Um, no one has found a way to get rid of it. And, you know, we're kind of just trying to bide our time until we get there. But those are some of the things we're working on. I ran through them kind of fast. You can always visit our website at mecc.org or michiganoutofdoors.com. Um, you know, and that'll kind of keep you up to date with what we have going on. We have a special kind of promo going with you, Mike. Uh, so if you go on to mucc.org backslash join or click the join button and you can enter the promo code mike all capital letters m-i-k-e uh and get a 10 percent discount off your membership and we are grateful grateful to you for helping us promote that uh you know and we're, we're really trying to grow our membership and get people involved in the grassroots process well, and I appreciate you guys partnering with me on this. I am a, a, a big supporter of MUCC. I think that what you guys are doing is wonderful. But as I have said so many times before, Nick, I don't necessarily agree with everything MUCC is involved in. But I think anybody who believes in conservation or wildlife or hunting or fishing in the state has to admit that MUCC is moving the right direction and doing the right thing, and I would encourage people to join, if for no other reason than to have a voice inside of MUCC. I think that's important. Certainly. You know, there's no other organization in the state and maybe in the country that affects what we do. You know, so there's certain groups that are species-specific. We are all species. Um, there is just all game species and then some, some that are not. But, you know, there is no other place, certainly in Michigan, that you can get together, debate issues, um, you know, we vet those throughout a year, kind of three different policy meetings, and that leads up to our annual convention. And then it's voted on by our members. So staff, you know, we can offer some guidance and kind of say, well, these are the legalities of what you're talking about. Uh, this is what it would take to, to make it uh, a realistic thing with legislation. Um, but, you know, really, really, we depend on our members, and we are a grassroots organization. They come up with our resolutions, and... And they're voted on every every June, and those are kind of our marching orders for the year ahead. 
The website, MUCC.org, MUCC.org. The Facebook page, Facebook.com slash MUCC1937. And on Instagram at MUCC1937. Nick Green, I appreciate you taking time out of your uh, time in the grouse woods. I'll let you get back to hunting, and I'm looking forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you much, Mike. Nick Green, the Chief Information Officer of Michigan United Conservation Clubs. That'll wrap up this edition of the Michigan Out of Doors podcast.